Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the SummerSlam Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Andy Murray from What Culture to review everything that just happened at the SummerSlam pay-per-view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture, as I said, they're joined by Andy to review SummerSlam and, <laughs> and a show I genuinely don't know how to review because I just sent this to, to Phil as we were recording what went down. It is a show that I'm going to look back on in six months, say, and go, oh, yeah, that was the show that Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar returned on. <laughs> and I'll go, yeah, there was a bit of some iffy yeah. stuff in mixed in with that. It was a show all over the place, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was a newsworthy show, but not necessarily a good show, I think is probably the best way I can describe it. It was it, it was entirely too long, I mm. think. You know, you look at a runtime and a, a four and a bit hour show isn't necessarily too long. And sometimes a five hour show is too short. It's, you know, it, these things are flexible and they're situational. But this thing really started dragging it about the halfway point, uh, despite the notable returns that we'll obviously talk about. So, you know, not necessarily a terrible show or a bad show or anything like that, but it was a struggle at points. Um, a couple of obvious highs tempered by just saggy, uninteresting stuff that didn't really need to exist. Um, Very mixed feelings on this pay-per-view. There are at least two matches on this show that I could have done without. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's a show that's... What's the phrase? I'm trying to reverse a phrase here. Worse than the sum of its parts? I look at this and you go, you've got a show with all these people on it, and it's uh, ultimately quite forgettable yeah. in parts. And like you say, they lied to us. I was told this yeah. was going to be a short show. Yeah. And they were there dragging out, making Bobby Lashley and Goldberg go a good, what, about 10 minutes? Ten, I don't know. Ten or thereabouts, yeah, yeah. Seven minutes, according to Wikipedia. Okay, that's long for a like Goldberg. Yeah, that's long for Goldberg. Actually. Yeah, we heard um, there was a report before the show about how WWE wanted to finish in three hours so that everyone could get to the boxing who wanted to go. Obviously, they decided not to do that on the night. And uh, yeah, here we are. There was a lot of fat on this show. 
Well, we'll dive, we'll dive straight into it because we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, on the kickoff show, Biggie beat Baron Corbin and got his briefcase back. Not that the briefcase was on the line. Fine, good, and yeah. not really anything I want to talk about there. And whilst I remember, speaking of members of the New Day, Xavier Woods did some bollocks about some uh, splish splash uh, yeah, squirty sticks. That was an egregious waste of my time, and I would disdain talking about it as much as I loved the segment on the show. Yeah, so uh, let's not do that. Okay, let's start. <laughs> let's start properly instead with the uh, the opening match on the night on the main card, uh, which was the Raw Tag Team Championships. It was AJ Styles and Omos defending against RK Bro. This was. I said this to Phil, I feel embarrassed. This was so long ago, I can't really remember many yeah. spots on it. But I know the finish was, of course, surprise, surprise, a Randy Orton RKO out of nowhere on AJ Styles yeah. after Riddle had taken care of Omos. RK Bro are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. I thought it was a great start to the good. night, this. Really good, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it didn't overstate its welcome. It got in, it did its job nice and quick. It was brisk. Um I thought AJ Styles worked his ass off yeah. in this match, as he always does. Um, these matches are structured around Omos' limitations, of course, um, but I think he plays the giant role really, really well. He knows what he is. He's kind of this big, slow, lumbering dude who's really powerful and just trucks into people. Uh, he doesn't try and stretch beyond that, and this was another good example of that. The key booking point, of course, is uh, rated, RK rated RKO. <laughs> what am I talking about? RK bro coming together. They finally won the big one. The annoying riddle is now Randy's big pal. And they had a little backstage segment later on, didn't they? When yeah, they, they were like... Uh, AC Slater from Saved by the Bell. That, that's right, that's right. Uh, Kelly, Kelly, the, she was there too. She wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm delirious. It's way too late. Uh, Riddle's got a present for him on Raw or something. Uh, probably a yeah. Yeah, he's probably a scooter. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I know what. I'm, I'm probably a scooter. That's one of the best hooks they've had on Raw in yeah. recent weeks. To be perfectly honest, they normally advertise bugger all. So yeah. yeah, at least I can add that to my list of things along with <laughs> SummerSlam <laughs> Fallout <laughs> uh, for the Raw preview with Sidge on Monday. But yeah, um, a, a, the right yeah. the right way to start the show and a, and a deserved title change. And WWE just thought. Look, we've had Big E, big win on the kickoff show, big ending, that'll pop the crowd, yeah. and Big E doing his usual great stuff. We have RK, bro, let's keep that ball rolling. Let's send Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie out Oh, there. wow, yeah. Mm. So what was this, like four minutes or something? It was. Something like that? Uh, you know, Three minutes and 50 seconds. Right, yeah. So basically, like, this was a, the last thing I kind of expected from them in this spot, because even though it's a live crowd... That hasn't stopped them from doing silly bollocks because we had a winking doll on TV yeah. the other week. Um, I didn't expect Eva Marie and Alexa Bliss to just go out and have a match, but that's what they did. Uh, Lily was the focus because, of course, she was. She got paintbrushed. She got paintbrushed. Eva Marie hit, hit. To be fair, the stiffest strikes I have ever seen Eva Marie hit yeah. were on the doll, paintbrushing her back and forth. Alexa Bliss got really pissed off and like, oh, you hurt my doll. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt you. I'm gonna do that leg thing where I'm. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Call towards you slowly and shout at you. Yeah. The hook of this match, right, was grown woman Eva Marie slapping a doll, and then grown woman Alexa Bliss, who's not playing a child on TV, we're led to believe, taking the doll and putting it back on on its pedestal on the. On the turnbuckle, and yeah. Lily, Lily played in, not into the finish whatsoever. Yeah, not, no, no influence in it whatsoever. They had this little story with her being put off a, a, a turnbuckle and then put back on. They, I don't know who this stuff is for. 
And if you like it, oh, oh, fair play, right? Fair play. We all have different tastes. But um, it's not for me. No. And this was the wrestling sucked. I mean, this was like, it wasn't the worst thing on the show. We'll get to that. But it was a certified dud yeah. for me. Alexa hit a DDT. And yeah. we went, oh, okay, cool. What's, what's going to happen next? And that was it. Yeah. And then Dewdrop got on the mic and went, and the loser of the match is Eva Marie, and I'm nicking a coat. Yeah. And that was the end of that. It's it's more lame WWE prop comedy stuff, really, isn't it? Like Ricochet stealing Sheamus's hat and going, oh, oh I'm the worst guy you know. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. And, and you listen to the crowds during this whole thing. When I asked earlier on, who's this for? You listen to the crowd, and it's a bit tough when we're on the stream, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, man, they sounded dead. Like, you barely heard a peep from these people. I think... Um, Maybe during the the introductions or whatever, when Alexa came out, blah, 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 blah. But no one was interested. This was bad raw garbage. And uh, I am going to expunge it from my brain as soon as I get home. Did not need to be on the show whatsoever. You mentioned Seamus, though. He was uh, out next defending the United States Championship against Damian Priest. And aside from a scary bump for Damian Priest, I, yet again, was... Thoroughly entertained by this yeah. match. Uh, Sheamus, we talked about on the stream, actually, how underrated genuinely he is, because yeah. I don't remember the last time he had a bad match. Yeah, You know, sure. despite WWE's booking of him as just like, oh, cool badass leading up to WrestleMania. Hat now, guy. Now That's his hat, character. Scared hat man, yeah. Jacket boy. Uh, he hit a brilliant-looking bro kick as uh, Damian Priest was springing off the ropes at one point, which was just, just great. Uh, but the finish saw Damian Priest rip off Sheamus's mask and twat him in the face a few times, hit him yeah. with his finisher. One, two, three. Just like RK Bro, the right decision, yeah. a great new crowning of a champion. Yes, yeah, was good. This was... Uh, I- I thought one of the better matches on on the whole show. Sheamus is you talk about most underrated. When when people mention who's the most underrated wrestler, they usually go for some guy who's underappreciated, mm. or or like they'll say like a guy like Tomohiro Ishii. But everyone who's watched that guy thinks he's brilliant. Sheamus is the real underrated wrestler because there's still loads of people out there because his earlier runs as babyfaces and stuff weren't all that fun. People will still look at that guy and go, "No, he sucks," but he reliably delivers to this kind of good to very good to sometimes great yeah. like the drew the drew feud earlier this year was tremendous stuff he constantly delivers at this level and this was another kind of tough hard hitting match uh priest is obviously a bit sprightlier for his frame and everything else and i thought they meshed really well the finish is clever stuff it's a, that's a good story damian priest has had enough of this guy's bollocks so i'm going to rip his mask off target that nose beat him up take the win yeah, this was fun, man. This was a good match, and it was a welcome, a very welcome thing after that uh, abominable um, Eva Marie Alexa Bliss thing, for Damian sure. Priest is now national champion, I believe. He is, yeah. Uh, the, what, she said something else as well, didn't she? Yeah, I, I forgot. Who, I didn't know who it was, if I'm honest. I was Me just talking neither. about radishes. Radish. I, I haddish. Mean, someone haddish. There, there you go. go. Haddish the radish. Um, national champion. So there Brilliant. you go. But yes, yeah, Damian Priest. He's in the uh, NWA. It's, it's somehow... Teflon to bad booking and everything he's been put through. Still doing fantastic stuff on the main roster. I don't want to talk about the next match. I'm going to pass it over to you. You can just talk about what happened with the Usos and the Mysterios because I didn't get what I wanted and I'm furious. You didn't get your you didn't get your electric chair, did you? Capital punishment did not happen. Everything. I'm furious. He's got the he's got the Rey Rey Mysterio Claudio Lugo. And it was like it was there because the finish of the match. I said I wasn't going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it now. The finish of the match (laughs) was Rey. 
trying to do everything by himself. Yeah. His son had been taken out on the outside. He's trying to do everything by himself. Selfish bastard. <laughs> and then, yeah, he gets splashed. It, 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 the story's so clear with what they're doing, isn't it? Yeah. Whether or not the end game is actually, <laughs> uh, you know, him turning, Dominic turning on him, which... I, I, I am here for for banter purposes. I think it'd be very funny. But Dominic is a heel. Oh boy. That that would be an interesting proposition. The match this was this was kind of a nothing match, right? And these guys have they've had a few T V matches recently and they've been of varying quality. But what what happened to you that was supposed to hold your interest? I think Ray entered another good performance. Dominic looked pretty decent. He does have the odd, you know, shambles. Three amigos. The Amigos, yeah, real dad. doing some Eddie stuff, rolling the shoulders and everything. I like but, that callback at SummerSlam. I, I, I love that callback as well, particularly given the complex history between those two families. Um, Ray doing the body of the work. Dominic can now go, hey, dad, you messed up, <laughs> you, you man. You, you screwed up, pal. Usos looking cocky. And the way they built it kind of after the match made you think they were going to do the turn because the Usos lingered. They were standing there. They were really angry, even though they won. <laughs> Those guys need to have a good time. Um, and they, they didn't go for it. I, it seems like that's going to be the direction for this feud. But um, I really need to go to the bathroom. I'll continue talking whilst you, you do that, because I'll talk about that? what came next. <laughs> especially because, especially because, like you say, they had the finish of the match. And I watched, you know, Ray get caught. You know, he went for the, he went for a big finish. One of the Usos gets his knees up, and then, uh, as Andy said, they hit him with a splash. And and I thought, well, here we bloody go, especially with the Eddie callbacks. He's turning on his dad because he's, you know, and then nothing happened. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal 
personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. But anyway, let's continue uh, by talking about what came next, uh, which actually, I should mention, was a brief interlude with Rick Boogs, love him, future world champion, Rick Boogs, um, playing guitar for Shinsuke Nakamura, who danced out there and then uh, had a bit of a dance with Pat McAfee. And then we got a, a, a thing that really threw us, because this is when we got the SmackDown Women's Championship match. It was Bianca Belair, supposedly, against Sasha Banks. Now, shout out to uh, No Crap, Just Sap, Sean Ross Sap of Fightful, uh, who'd actually reported this news earlier on. Even on the kickoff show, we were confused because people in the comments were saying, it doesn't look like Sasha's going to be on this show, and they were still advertising her for it. So Bianca comes out first. That's weird, obviously. Then out comes... um, No, sorry. Bianca comes out first, and then... I think it's Greg Hamilton, gets on the microphone and announces that Sasha Banks will be unable to compete this evening, which, you know, in WWE's defense, is fair enough. But they announced her replacement as Carmella. And we all went, what? We've seen this match a million times, and Carmella literally lost to Bianca Belair on the SmackDown before SummerSlam after Bianca Belair had been been beaten Selena Vega. But Andy Murray, I'm back. I'll tell you what, give WWE their due. They swerved us brilliantly here, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So this was a tale tale of two acts, I think, for sure. Um, I was kind of kind to this whole situation on the stream, but I'm going to be less kind here now that I've had time to marinate in my thoughts. (laughs) But the way they set up the comeback was well done. For sure. I mean, I think it was very dishonest of them to keep advertising Sasha throughout the whole evening, right? That That's bad. It, especially if she's absent from the SmackDown tapings, you got to know and something house was up. Well, was house shows was last week. So, you know, that was not good. You could easily have said, Sasha can't compete at the pay-per-view, mystery opponent, and then done the same thing they did here. Yeah. That would have been nice. But they did set up the big return here well. Um, for sure, because when Carmella came out, and you, we got worked by this on the stream, mm-hmm. if you go back and watch the video, nobody in the world wanted that match. <laughs> not a per- not even Carmella wanted that match, probably. Um, everyone was like, what the hell's going on? Bianca's face, she was like, again? Really? It was good stuff. It was good stuff. Um, you, you kind of make people think that they're going to be let down in a very WWE fashion, it has to be said. That would be... Uh, and then you push the Becky Lynch button, and everything's okay for the next uh, two minutes. Yes, so Becky Lynch comes <laughs> out, obviously huge bap, uh, huge great bop. reaction for her, fantastic to see her back. Uh, she comes out, she beats up Carmella, gets her out of the match, and basically says to Bianca Belair, how about we tear the tear this place down, or blow the roof off this place, uh, and I'll face you for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Bianca Belair looks at her and she says, you know what, yeah, fair enough. Let's do this. And they go to shake hands. <laughs> Becky Lynch twats Bianca Belair in the mouth, yeah. hits her with a rock bottom. One, two, three, like 20 seconds or something. Becky Lynch is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. 
Now, I'm going to say this is divisive. It wasn't divisive on the stream. <laughs> Everyone in the comment section was furious. Yeah. And there was only a select few of us who, me included, for once, wants to give WWE a chance Yeah, with I this. did too. It's, 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 I get it. It's incredibly frustrating to see them effectively job out, squash Bianca Belair. But I'm giving them till Friday, <laughs> okay? I'm giving them till then because... There's a great story here. Bianca Belair wasn't ready yeah. for Becky Lynch. And even if she was ready, because, oh, we know, what about her history with Sasha Banks? Becky Lynch punched her as she was reaching out her hand yeah. to shake hands. Like, the bell had rung, granted, but... She was sneaky. Exactly. She was a sneaky sausage. Phil made a great point on the stream as well that Bianca does kind of make a better chaser than a champion. Yeah. And... Is there a Bianca Bella heel turn in here? Is Becky Lynch being more heelish? How does Sasha Banks factor in at all this when she comes of back? Course. No word as to when she is going to be coming back. But at the same time, having said all that, <laughs> I've had my fingers burned enough times by WWE that I go, yeah, yeah I completely understand people are like, oh, yeah. so you've got Becky Lynch back and you've got Charlotte Flair on the other brand and you've just gone, well, put the titles on both of them and not make any other stars. Following the safety net, yeah. So I was much the same as you on the stream. I was like, okay, well, I see what they're doing story-wise, at the very least, and you watch these things. And, uh, you know, I was drinking 10% beer at the time that has now started <laughs> to wear off. Uh, so maybe that had an effect. But after kind of marinating my thoughts on it, man, it's just like the booking of this situation. And they can, they can definitely get some interesting stuff out of this for sure. Bianca wasn't ready, everything else. Um, makes sense. Definitely makes sense. But uh, for me, this is kind of like, it, it's confirmation that WWE knows how to book big moments. So like Bianca versus Sasha at WrestleMania, incredible match. My favorite WWE match of the year so far, at least on the main roster. Big, cathartic babyface victory in the main event. And since then, nothing, pretty much, right? The Bailey feud was oddly disappointing, Bailey's face on every screen, like one of the most obnoxious angles of the year in the <laughs> Thunderdome. And, you know, the matches the matches were, were pretty decent, but nothing out of this world. The Carmella feuds, I guess. It felt like it lasted a nice, <laughs> forever and ever. Uh, and then the build to this match, which, you know, a couple of hot angles for sure. Like I thought the Sasha turn was really great and the, the contract signing was well done. Um, but you come in thinking that this is going to be this classic match and everything else and you get here and Bianca Belair just gets flattened. So you had this big moment, which could have been a star-making moment, but yeah. ultimately it wasn't. And the end of it is a squash. And it's like, there are definitely two sides to this conversation and I think we've covered both of them here. Um it's it's a tough one. We will see how it follows up, but um, the eternal thing is how much do you trust that writing team? Um, yeah. And the WWE can show. sit there and say, look, we've given you Becky versus Bianca on the night, so you've got that, and you've got the title switch and whatever, but also if we said we're going to have Becky versus Bianca again, no one's going to go, well, I'm not bothered about it. I've already yeah. had that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it, it's kind of a sucky situation. It's not the booking move I would have gone with for a Becky comeback. Mm -hmm. I think like if... I just have a 12, 15 minute match. Why not do that? Yeah. And have Becky win. Like, you know, do she could do something else. There are so many ways to to lose and and give credibility. Give a reason for the defeat. And uh, the the baby face or the defeated party or whoever has a has a chance mm. to come back in. But uh yeah, I, I certainly see where all the angry voices are coming from. Put it that way. 
Uh, next up, Drew beat Jinder. And then we got the Raw Women's Champion. <laughs> do, we, do we say anything about this Drew Jinder match? I mean, the, 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 no. He came with a Claymore, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then then he, Shanky and Veer came down, I remember that. Yeah. And he just waved his sword at him, and that was it, wasn't he it? He kind of waggled the sword around and went, oh, was that close to decapitate? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. This Okay, let's get to the uh, Raw Women's Championship match. Nikki A.S.H. defending uh, the triple threat against Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And I'll be honest... Yeah, I got this wrong, really yeah. wrong in our predictions because me and Hampler sat here a few days ago and said, well, look at the way they've been booking Nikki and she's this plucky yeah. underdog and oh, look, the week, this, the week of the championship match. She's not only lost in a singles match, she's also been on the end of a, a loss to, uh, to the other opponent in that match in a tag team match. Oh, how is she ever going to recover? And then obviously <laughs> she either steals one or, you know, overcomes the odds uh, at SummerSlam, but leaves as Raw Champion. No, Charlotte Flair's got it back. Yep. Charlotte Flair got it back. Yep. There was uh, a mad, and to add insult to injury, um, Nikki A.S.H. got kicked right in the head by Charlotte. Yeah, she was, well, we anticipated she was going for the moonsault, and then she did just some flippy, spinny bollocks on the top <laughs> rope and just nailed Nikki, poor Nikki, yeah. in the face. Uh, I, I feel bad because I'm a big fan of Nikki Crossers, but I kept saying on the stream, it did feel like in large parts that they were like, right, let's haul you Nikki to the outside and then the two of us can have a proper wrestling yeah. match like we did at Money in the Bank between Rhea and Charlotte. Um, and then there was like a bit with uh, Charlotte had Rhea, I think, in the figure eight and Nikki came off the top rope and just sat on all their legs. Yeah. And then it looked like Rhea was going to hit Nikki ASH with the uh, riptide and Nikki reversed it into a DDT and then got caught in a figure eight by Charlotte Flair. And then she's almost a superhero. It. She's almost a baby face you can support because she tapped out and Charlotte yeah. Flair's your champion again. Yeah, so she was. She's. I guess she goes now back to being a superhero in training, which is also an accurate description <laughs> of uh, the booking. Yeah, I thought the match was quite good. Like, um, you know what you're getting with these WWE triple threats a lot of the time. There's a very similar structure uh, in that it's like my move, your move, my move. You wait outside while we do our stuff. Come back in, blah 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 blah. But this was a fun execution of that. Um, they did some good work with you know various people flying in to break pins and everything else, dropping bombs. I had a good time with it. Um, the the booking is certainly interesting. Uh, Charlotte Flair is obviously running the numbers up to seventeen, so she can beat her dad, especially now that he's you know not in the company. Uh, that is he on trains? Or yeah, yeah, or he's he's, uh, he's been on the National Express doing some. That's a bus, actually, isn't it? Never mind. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think I'd stop him. Yeah, no, I no, it definitely wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't. Um, <laughs> the, the Nikki character is like. I've always said that the gimmick, right, it's 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 for the kids. It's for the kids. But, like, booking-wise, raw booking-wise, they've done a really good job of just making her look like a loser. But you could have kind of overcome that if you got into the pay-per-view and she's like, look what I did. I, I lost these matches, but I learned. I got stronger. I got better. And I came back and I won. That was how you book this match, uh, by pinning Rhea or Charlotte. Now nah, she just lost, mate. Like, she just lost. And she submitted as well. Yeah. It's like she, th this character who's supposed to be the plucky underdog learned nothing. Just got defeated, went to the well one too many times with that final uh, attempted crossbody, and now she looks like a geek. It's not how you build a baby face, no. put it that way. And yes, the concept of the underdog is they're up against it and all that, but they you need to give them some credibility. They can't just lose constantly with no uh, without them getting anything 
yeah. good towards them. You know, I mean, it, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a bit. It's 6 a.m. I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> well, at least they didn't waste yeah. money in the bank. Uh, Edge versus <laughs> Seth Rollins came next. Uh, Phil pointed this out to me. Probably match of the night, this, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, this was really good. Really tremendous. Um, it, you know, if there's one thing you can throw at these Edge matches, these, these big ones since he came back, he's shooting kind of for the big epic every time, yeah. isn't he? It's all like... Facial expressions and dramatic pauses and brood entrance, brood entrance with the shades as well. He had oh, the shades. Oh yes. The only thing that that stops me calling this an outright great match is that he didn't come down with a puffy shirt <laughs> or Gangrel um, or Gangrel. Yeah, that I mean, five star match, all time classic. Um, yeah, great match, really great, really tremendous. It um, over delivered for me to a degree. I mean, I thought it was going to be really good. Don't get me wrong, because these guys are both very, very talented, and and the few just hit the right notes for a lot of people. But um, it was such a clear upturn in quality from everything else that we'd seen on the card so far. Um, I think it was probably the longest match on the card, but it didn't feel like the longest match on the card. Um, uh, Roman John was just slightly longer. Okay, about 20, around around about the same time. Yeah, yeah. of course. I forgot. I forgot about that one. Um, but yes, I had a great time with this, and I needed to have a great time because it was at this point in the show where I was like, ah, I get these drip, drip guys in the bin. Yes. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Oh, we don't need that. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> happened. Uh, uh, yeah, lots of next stuff, obviously, because yeah. it's Edge and Seth Rollins, and I did like the bit where it looked like Seth was finally going to kill Edge and stamp on his neck, and Edge caught his leg and turned it into the, and I was trying to remember this on what went down, and I've forgotten it again, the name of his submission. Oh, I forgot. Like education. Education. Educator. The educator. That's what it, is that's that what it? it is. There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> the the, the sharpshooter submission where he sort of leans into it, yeah. basically. That one. Wonderful stuff. Uh, and then we pointed out on the stream, Edge used the unique offense of slamming his opponent's head into the mat until he was basically unconscious. Yeah, that was good. And then uh, choked him out as well with a little bulldog choke. Seth Rollins taps out. Edge is victorious. Didn't see that victory coming, to be perfectly honest, but I'm excited to see where it goes next. And like you say, yeah. uh, arguably match of the night. Then we got Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg, <laughs> which went a whopping seven minutes for the seven WWE minutes. Championship. And... It's not what we anticipated. It's the right result, but everything yeah. else is very questionable. It was it all help right. that it ends with MVP yeah. basically apologizing to Goldberg. You might hear my throat's a bit buggered. That's because I was screaming for Bobby Lashley to murder Gage Goldberg, Bill Goldberg's son, who came in because the match ended because Goldberg's... It couldn't continue the match. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna go harder on him there, but I've realised it's Bill Goldberg, so I'll be nice. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, you know, they had sort of excess of strength and you know shoving battles and shoulder tackles and lockups. Yeah, like you say. But in reality, um, it was <laughs> MVP twatting him in the leg with the cane. Goldberg, Goldberg forgetting to sell for about five seconds. That was and funny, then, and then. Bobby Lashley kept tackling him in that leg, and Goldberg would go, oh, better spike myself on my head when you do that then. <laughs> yeah. And then he couldn't get up, and that was it. Yeah. Oddly out. I thought this was okay, though. Like, it, 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 I wasn't upset with it like I was with with the, those drip idiots mis just completely wasting my time, or or Eva versus, uh, versus Alexa. Yeah. This, this was okay, man. This was fine. It was like, you kind of expect the... 
Goldberg bomb fest and it's over in two minutes and it's the Paul Heyman agented thing where it's just move, 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 move. Oh, one of these big guys can't stand up anymore. And I quite like that format. Um, this was fine. They're clearly protecting Goldberg for some kind of rematch. Maybe with Gage involved after he got beaten Ooh. up. Yeah, maybe they're going to do the tag match. Gage and Bill versus Mvip and, uh, <laughs> and and Robert Lashley. That might be the direction here. But, um, you know, obviously we have to acknowledge that Goldberg f- just forgetting to sell the cane was rubbish. That, that uh, That's a mistake on his behalf, obviously. But as a base level story, I don't mind the idea of his leg just getting destroyed by Lashley and unable to compete. He's 54 years old. Maybe he's a bit more susceptible to these things. It, I'm not, look, I'm not going to sit here and call it some all-time classic or anything, but, I, you know, it was a functional bridge to the next part of the story. And at least Bobby Lashley left as champion, even if yes. he did leave as a little bit of a bitch running away and yeah. saying, oh, I'm sorry, uh, MVP said, oh, I'm sorry. Bobby Lashley didn't realize it was your son before he hurt Locke. That was him. weird, wasn't it? It was like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. You just got in his face on Raw a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. And he said, I'm going to hurt you. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's move on to the main event. Nothing Universal matters. Championship match between Roman Reigns and John Cena. And it was a slow burn at this, but I'll tell you what, those last 10 minutes I thought was epic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it got going towards the end for sure. I thought that the interesting thing coming into this match was the visual pin with the, the roll-up on SmackDown and everything else. Interestingly, I thought that the least believable pinfalls in this match or near falls came from the roll-ups because it didn't they didn't feel dramatic or 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 particularly close. And when when he went for them, when Cena went for them, you're like, well, I mean, Roman said he's gonna leave if he loses, so he's not losing. It's uh, really hard to invest in the match when you get to that point. But for sure, like the last 10 or so minutes when they just started having a more conventional match. And then instead of spamming the roll-ups, they worked them in a bit more convincingly. Like, you knew Roman was winning this, but he had a couple of just really well-tied, like almost Okada-level near falls. Yeah, brilliant. Where he, yeah, where like he shot up his shoulder or kicked out at like 2.9 out of three. And you're like, oh, like that, in those moments, you felt there was a little bit of doubt in the outcome. And that's to their credit for sure. Um, did take a while to get going. And, uh, I'm really not into these lengthy segments where Roman stands there and talks and uh, cuts promos. and it, it, That kind of outdid its use after like mm-hmm. the second Jey Uso match for me last year. Um, but a lot of people are much more into this stuff than I am, and I can accept and appreciate that and respect it and everything else. Um, and the last 10 minutes were legitimately really good. Um, Roman looked really dominant coming out of it as well. He controlled like the first two acts. And then he had to survive Cena's biggest bombs in the set in the third act. He he took an AA off the top rope. Mm. Um, very effective in accomplishing what it set out to do. I think. Yeah, I said this on the stream. I I felt like for a match that we knew the result of effectively, I didn't half buy it on like the first AA or the AA through Same. the table that then he got a near fall from, and then like you say, the super AA off the top rope. Great stuff. Uh, I love the spot uh, mainly because I called it probably. But he goes for the. You can't see me on the five knuckle yeah. shuffle and gets grabbed into a guillotine by uh, by Reigns and uh, yeah Reigns is questioning how on earth he's hanging in there. I did the one talky bit that I did like was him talking down the lens to Hollywood specifically <laughs> saying I'm gonna murder your boy effectively. But uh, in the end, yes, Roman Reigns fires back up. There's a boo yay boo yay punch exchange and then Roman Reigns 
finally puts John Cena down with some Superman punches and a spear. One, two, three. Roman Reigns retains the Universal Championship. He stands tall. He stands over the defeated corpse, effectively, of John Cena when Brock Lesnar's hey. music hits. And it's the Brock that we saw with the hair and the, the meat. Beard. Yeah, the, the, the beard the, and the all The butcher that. and the blade. Oh, great stuff. Crazy. He comes out again of the huge night. I wonder why they chose tonight to bring back Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar. We'll never know. Can't think. Um, out he comes, though. He stares down and gets into the ring with Roman, stares him down. Paul Heyman's just going, no, no, he doesn't want any part of this. When Brock comes anywhere near him, he's just, he just Terrifying. doesn't know what to think or what to do. And Roman Reigns decides, after a stare down with Brock, time to leave him yeah, here. And he's the one standing this. tall in the ring as Roman Reigns hightails it out of there. I'll tell you what, like I said at the beginning, what a way to sign off this show. Great way to close the show. Yeah, tremendous. Um, when when they brought Becky back, you, you thought coming into the show that one of them was realistic, right? Becky or Brock, one of them's coming back. It's a big show, everything else. Certain other things are happening on other channels. Um, but when Becky came back, you think, oh, well, there's no way in hell they're going to do another one. Uh, one per show. Come on, that's the rule. It's not a rule. Um, so when the music hit, uh, we were like, uh, uh. What, what what's going on here? Is this a rib? But no, Brock came out uh, looking weird. <laughs> it has to be said, <laughs> looking weird as hell. Um, but I mean, it, it, there's so much you can do with him and him and Roman. So much you can do uh, going beyond their their history and their various feuds and their various matches in the past. The stuff with Paul Heyman. There's uh, contrasting figures like. Brock was the the dominant guy, the all-conquering guy for the longest time, but it was part-time. Roman's been doing it every single week. It's it's It was a great way to end the show, for sure. A memorable return, a memorable angle. Brock became a free agent last summer. He's not a free agent anymore, brother. <laughs> Here he is. Yeah, it, it's a, a, a really exciting time. If you're a fan of SmackDown rather than Monday Night Raw, yeah. you're getting a new scooter on yeah. Monday, where you've got <laughs> Brock and Becky... Becky and Roman and all the other stuff on uh, on Friday nights. But uh, we'll wait and see where it goes from there. But a topsy-turvy kind of show, but one that the headlines will dominate and they'll hope that you forget about the largely forgettable proportion, uh, portions of this this show. But let us know your thoughts on SummerSlam on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Andy Murray at... You can follow me at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for home, which is where I'm going. Oh, two night, a double night shift. Incredible work. Never doing this go again. And give him, go <laughs> and give him the props he deserves on Twitter. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Uh, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts the smackdown review it, let's be honest like guys it's not happening it's no bloody point uh, the summer no. slams already happened but i'll tell you what uh, on monday myself and sige will be doing the aw rampage and the nxt takeover review as well as previewing monday night raw as well uh, and tomorrow actually what am i talking about not tomorrow in Five hours, probably. <laughs> uh, myself and Michael Hamflet will be previewing NXT TakeOver, which, of course, goes down tonight. So make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for that and then a whole load of daily wrestling podcasts, of course. But for now, this has been the SummerSlam Review. My thanks to Andy Murray. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. <laughs>